Are you just trying to live, laugh, or love? Or are you just trying to do all of the above? This is the podcast for you. If you're an aspiring comic, a headlining comic, a class clown, or just an average bro or doe looking for a good time, you, my friend, are in the right place. Welcome to the magical world of Just Trying to Podcast. Here we go. Welcome, triers, doers, and everything in betweeners. This is Just Trying to Podcast with your host, Mike Tony. Interesting. This week we have two very special guests to the podcast. We have Jimmy Chuckles himself. What up, y'all? And the crowd goes wild, and none other than. Christopher Glotzi Glotzback. That's right. Hello. Dang. Good uh, to be here. Chris. Am I considered a guest at this point, or like, do I get like kind You're of bumped co-host. up status? I feel like I've been on here. Like, I think you have to be on seven. Seven. You're just like. So what were you for the first six weeks? You were nothing. Yeah, I was. I was uh, acting as a host. So you can act. You can be. I was. Okay, a, a, yeah, act, I was an acting host. Acting host. Okay, I can. I mm-hmm. can go with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to call you, uh, in that, but we'll figure out, uh, Kyle, Chuck, Jimmy so I'm here with two, uh, non-comedians, but very funny people. I always like to have comedians on the show or just funny people. You two are some of the funniest people. I know Chuck, Jimmy Chuckles, you bring a lot of wit and, uh, witty banter and Christopher is maybe one of the best storytellers I've ever met. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not trying to, uh, spill the tea. Gas, gas, gas me up. Juice, juice. Uh, do you guys have any tea to spill? <laughs> what? Do you have what any t- tea to tea? spill? Have you heard that phrase before? Tea to spill? No. Really? I just wanted to do something real grabby Wait, at the I beginning of this episode. Spill the tea? I'm not like into anything fun. Like I don't know any juicy tea, anything like that. I don't have anything. Okay. Sorry, man. Do you? Uh, nope. Juicy nope. tea. Sometimes you have an idea of how to start a podcast, and then you just got to roll right through it because it doesn't work. Yeah. I'm going to spill the tea. Uh, so I was at a coffee shop. Well, mm. I'm on this uh, Midwest tour right now. Started in Kansas City, ending here in Muncie, Indiana. Oh, so we're not Missouri in Muncie. Part of the Midwest. On, oh, sorry. We're in Yorktown, right <laughs> outside of Muncie, we Indiana. We upgraded. Do you consider Missouri part of the Midwest? Missouri is part of the lower Midwest. Yeah, yeah. it's the lowest state of the Midwest. Oh, you don't consider Kansas a part of the Midwest? Well, I think Kansas and Missouri, like we're like right. I think Missouri goes lower than Kansas because we oh, border Oklahoma, right. so we're the lowest part. Oh, I see. What so you I would consider that. Kansas, but we are the lowest state. You guys consider Ohio part of the Midwest? Ohio is the upper right of the Midwest. Gotcha. I don't really consider it a part of the Midwest. Hmm. I would. I I think uh, even like the United States government recognizes one of the Dakotas as part of the Midwest, or maybe both of the, the Dakotas. I definitely say I would almost consider South Dakota part of like the Midwest, but like Ohio is just so far east. You know what I'm saying? Like but it's just so far. It's just we have very like we have the west, we have the east, we have the south, and we have the Midwest. Those are the four regions yeah. of our country. And if I'm going to be honest, I just don't really want to be associated with Ohio. Sure. Well, it's just we just have to be. Yeah, I'm just telling. I'm just telling you personally, like how I feel. Oh, sure. That I just don't want to be associated with Ohio. But that's just, that's just me. Sorry, LeBron. 
There's the tea. There's the tea. Uh, I was at chilling at a coffee shop this week. This kind of got me thinking about just maybe where our culture is going today. This uh, this young man rolled up into a coffee shop without a shirt on and asked for an application <laughs> to apply for a job. And I kind of thought, like, is this where our culture is? Him. They didn't say they wouldn't hire him. Yeah, like shirts. he couldn't order, but he was like, I know I can't order anything. I don't have a shirt on, but can I have an application to apply here as a barista? It's bold. Did they give him one? They told him to go online. Okay, that's why that makes sense. I was kind of crazy that people have like physical applications anymore. Yeah. But what is crazier to have a physical application or to show up and ask for a job application without a shirt on? Were you in Lexington? No, I, I was in Kansas City, Missouri. If you were in Lexington, that would totally make sure. Sense yeah, to it's me. like <laughs> they probably hire you're hired. Spot. <laughs> uh, what coffee shop? I don't want to disclose what coffee shop it was on air. I'll tell you off air. Well, that I don't want to spill that kind thing. of tea. Like if it was like you know, like if this is oddly correct, and somebody comes in, you know, shout out to oddly. Uh, I love you guys. I love what you do. Best um, roaster in Kansas City, Missouri. Oddly correct. Oh, that is true. Uh, I'd say like probably a top five, maybe a top five roaster in the country. So are, are you 10. saying it depends where the coffee shop is? Uh, like, you know, like I think we've talked about like maybe like one of your kind of sticks um, in comedy is kind of relating. Uh, I hope I'm allowed to say this is relating like you growing up in Lexington to kind of like uh, living in Seattle now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like, you know, if you like, showed up without a shirt on in Lexington or in Seattle, maybe so. But like if you show up without a shirt, you know, maybe in in downtown New York to like some bougie coffee shop, I don't I don't think they'd I think that would be like ah, this is kind But of some uh bougie coffee shop in Seattle. Mm. So is it like there's like I feel like there's two kinds of bougie coffee shops, like if we call it bougie I don't know how we define it, you know. So there's like Okay, there's like the the specialty coffee that this is like an Apple store, and then this is like a you know kind of a, a like yeah it's a little bit more grungy it's a little bit less hard to define it's you know maybe more cozy or maybe it's more um, grungy or maybe it's more like like you know oddly doesn't feel like an Apple store Messenger kind of feels like an Apple store those, yeah those are a little bit different um, or if you go to what is it Dalmius. Um, Dow coffee. Uh, what's the actual name? name? Thou mayest. Thou mayest coffee. <laughs> Thou mayest coffee. Um, maybe that would be more of a shirtless coffee shop. Chris, you got any takes on this? Man, I just think your wife shirts. is rolling up Nobody's right now. Shirts. Oh, my wife is here. Uh, we're currently sitting in her, uh, parking spot. Does she know that we're doing this? No clue. She asked me what we were doing today. I said, not a, not a thing. Not a thing. We're just playing around. That basically around, just trying to podcast. Today. You know, I just think where I just expect unexpected all the time. And look, these dogs are going to be in the background. <laughs> hey, we're me have to too, cut this man. Amen. Amen. And so I just think people rolling up to coffee shops to get an application without a t-shirt. Why not? Like that. I actually appreciate that. I would probably be more likely to hire somebody who comes in without a t-shirt on asking for a job application because that's the kind of person I want working for me in a coffee shop. What, what about that kind of person? Well, it's like I'm going to be – I'm not. I'm, I'm me. I'm authentic. And that's the thing that I don't think we have very often is people who are going to be authentic to themselves. 
They're just trying to mold into something, you know, to fit a to fit a standard. <laughs> he didn't even address your wife. You would not break from that that thought. Yeah, I just <laughs> you didn't even look yeah. at her. I love you. It's Brittany. like it's like you, uh, you uh, avoided eye contact. Well, because I knew that if I made eye contact with her, I would blush. Because I I think so highly of my wife, and so I knew I would be distracted if I saw her. Yeah. But yeah, that guy or gal, whoever did that, <laughs> showing up shirtless to that interview. I think it's pretty safe to say the person who rolled up without a shirt on was a man. Okay, okay. I think he also said it was a guy. But that's oh, okay, I, I couldn't remember. But all that to say is, I really believe that that person is authentically them. That's just who they are. I definitely believe that to be true. Yeah, and so that's the kind of person. But is all want... authenticity good for all all places and all spaces? I think that we are supposed to be who we are. I think John Mayer wrote a song about that that was pretty How popular. does that go? I don't know, actually. But I think that that's part of it. I have to look it up. You put me on the spot. I, I, saw, I looked at my wife, and then I got distracted. So. You just whip it out. John Mayer quotes, but you can't I've been listening really to a lot of John Mayer. To John Mayer. Yeah. That's a real what's your John favorite Drake John Mayer? What's your Gravity. top five favorite John Mayer I don't Mayer know if songs? I... Now this is... Now me on the spot. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of John Mayer, but I don't like look at the song title. So yeah, it's like right. if I heard the song, I'd be like, yeah, I like this one. Know. This is one of them. Yeah, I that's like. right. So Gravity, number one, for sure for me. Gravity. <laughs> I think that John Mayer. Can you name another song? Can you name, no, no, no. Just name sure. one other song. I can name a lot of John Mayer, okay? So back up. Okay, let's hear The it. second is, this isn't my favorite. <laughs> second favorite. It's, it's just, just one, one that, that I know. know. It's just a top two of what's Your body name. is a wonderland, okay? Is that yeah. the actual name of the song? Yeah, I think so. All right. The the listeners will fact check you. Okay. The third is a cover of Free Falling by Tom Petty. I think he I think he does a better job than Tom Petty. Of free That's falling. a hot take. Hot that takes. is a it, but he did it better. John Mayer did That's it better. A hot take. So those are three. Three songs. I could, I could just give me a couple more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to him in the This is maybe bad for me to say, but John Mayer is something to listen to in the background. Okay? And it's soothing. But you're not like, I don't know, you're not listening to it as like the centralized element of like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. It's good background. I'm working on work, writing something up, trying to think, I, journal. I found it down. odd. I'm trying to think of where this was. Because what coffee shops have we gone to? Because you're, you're bringing up an excellent point, Chris. You were talking about John Mayer, excellent background music. Something that I don't tend to think is excellent background music, I think the music is fine, um, is Queen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's who sings "Fat Bottom Girls." Yeah, okay. absolutely. So that's what, that's what ultimately gave us the the uh, idea to sing "Flat Bottom Fields." Yep. And it was playing at a coffee shop, and I found it very odd that they were playing Queen. And I think we were in a coffee shop recently where they were playing Queen, but it would have had to have been Sump, who I don't think was playing Queen. Could have been Sump or uh, Coffee Man. One of the two was playing. Was played. I found it so odd. I was like, "Oh." So yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Sump on this one. Sump, okay. Final answer. Yeah. It in. Sump. Do you remember that that happening? Nope. Sump. I'm just guessing that it was Sump over Coffee Hound. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Christopher, before we we went live on this you sh- the show, you were you were complaining about something, something that you're really good at doing. Uh, with just complaining. You were complaining about. I just like to point out your strengths. I feel like I harp on your weaknesses quite mm, often. I appreciate. I that. want to highlight your strengths. Is you were complaining about how we are as a culture unimpressed? 
Yeah, I don't. Is that uh, quoting you, Greg? <clears throat> I, I maybe this is a different discussion, but I don't know if I complain very often. First of all, and secondly, I don't know if it was a complaint. It was just an observation. What's wrong with complaining? Yeah, I don't know if there's a, what is well, observational comedy. Okay, what what is it? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Observa- observational <laughs> comedy isn't really complaining, but it could be construed as complaining. I see. Like you'd be like, oh, comedians just, but we're really we're just trying to observe what's happening around us and like what is true about that and making light of it or making fun of the I things see. that we observe. Isn't complaining in like the same spirit? It's a different spirit. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the spirit. It isn't critical. It isn't well. It compl- could be critical, but it's it's all in the spirit of I want to make someone else laugh today. Like I that's see. like the heart of comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. So, so you're just observing. You're not complaining. Got it? Yeah. So comedian at heart, Christopher Glatzbach. Galazzi. You. So the reason that I started thinking about this was a couple of months ago. Uh, our I work for a church, pastor at a church, and our how big is your church? couple thousand people okay. <laughs> it's just a i like to say that it's a small country church all right shout out union chapel you can go look it up um small country church yeah i do tell people that and um our children's pastor had a baby shout out amanda uh, and sophia her baby and so she was on maternity leave and so i filled in a few weekends for her and i am a mediocre magician okay i'm not i'm not good i'm okay and I thought that it would be a good idea to learn a new magic trick for the kids, their pre-K to third grade, okay? And I'm up on stage doing this card trick. And it's a pretty good card trick. Like, I don't want to brag. I don't want to boost myself up. But it's a pretty good card trick where you rip up a card and you show them that it's ripped up and then you restore it. You bring the card back to wholeness. And that was, you know, the, the whole message that God makes us whole. And so I'm doing this trick, and there's a, a little second grader on the front row. And I'm, I rip up the card. I, you know, I'm being dramatic about it. I rip up the card. And then as I restore it, this little sec- second grader, he's, I'm sure he's going to be an impressive person one day. He galvanizes everyone around me, and the whole group, there's 60 kids around, start booing me. And they just start saying, boo, <laughs> you suck. We know that you didn't actually rip up a card. You suck. And they just start booing me. Do you they know, really they, say you suck? They do. This <laughs> well, kid, I, oh, I think that's I, what you heard. I'm not sure if these. No. Uh, oh, my God. I, find... I could not say the I could not say the S word. I could not say that S word growing up. Listen, it, it's my story. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Okay. Uh, but they, they did. This okay. is that classic comedian, like a little over. Yeah, over you got it's hyperbolic. Okay. You're right. If I if I said, uh, "Hey, you're not very good," the, the story wouldn't be as. But did they actually? <laughs> you're not do? very good. Yeah, quit yeah. it. You stop. You know you did, gotta, you. did they boo you though? They did boo me, and they did say that you suck it. This is no. This is not a hyperbolic story. No I embellishment do, here. I do embellish a so lot of stories. So you just said that it was hyperbolic and then came back. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um. So I just started thinking like. Why? Like these kids, they they aren't impressed with much anymore. And then I started thinking about that as our culture, at like as a whole. I don't think that there are many times where things happen where we're like, man, that was impressive. You think about like a lot of things. The NBA, Stephen Curry shooting crazy three-pointers from way behind the line. 
and it going in, you're like, ah, oh, it's just, it is what it is. You know, like that is what it is. This is getting your, crazy. Your dogs man. have found us. <laughs> My two dogs are trying to get in here. Um, but yeah, I just, do you guys sense that? Do you guys experience that, that people just aren't impressed? Yeah, I think it's because we have access to so much. We've, we've seen so much of the world from our couches that even when we're there in person, it's like, well, I've seen something like this before. Whereas uh, before, and even like music, we have access to music, you know, on your, on your smartphone. Uh, most people have those these days. Sure. Or a computer or uh, <clears throat> like it would be hard to even access music in the same way now obviously the radio changed the game but that's just one uh one way i think it accelerated with the invention of the radio but then now we have so much access to you know through the interwebs anything happening across like you see someone do like an incredible athletic feat you know where you're watching a game you know from your couch it'd be hard for you to do that uh, before television or before the internet, even really, to see all of these um, incredible acts of athleticism or or magic, even you know how how often would you see a magician pre television? Or well, they probably more <laughs> back then. It's kind of weird now. I mean, there were magicians. Well, I'm just trying to say, like, that's like that's what oh, was like so impressive. Like maybe these kids have like seen someone like teleport yeah, on you know? TikTok or whatever. That is why I think in the Olympics, not to change the subject, is that when we're watching the Olympics, all of them are competing at the highest level, and it isn't very impressive. You're like watching these people run a 100-meter dash in nine seconds, and you're like, whatever. But if we like randomly drafted people from all over the continent and all over the world uh, to go and have to be in the heat with these athletes just to kind of show how impressive it is. Thing. So you like your dad, you don't think the Olympics are impressive? No, but like what I'm communicating oh, is we it should do look, that with the Olympics. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is it doesn't look impressive. Like, how crazy is it to run a 100 meter dash in a under 10 seconds? Is unbelievable. But I think that people are like, oh, everybody's doing it. There's eight people competing and they're all doing it. But if Mike's dad got drafted to go and compete, just taking random shots on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like in him watching him run, there's just an average Joe, an average guy competing alongside them. Then maybe we'd be able to compare greatness. You know what I mean? No, I think that's a really good point. I think that uh, even with comedy, people will see someone go up and be really funny on stage. Like, dude, I could do that. And then they sign up for an open (laughs) mic and then they just bomb. Yeah. Like, it's like, they're like, oh, I just get, I'm going to think of something funny or they even, they spend time to write material and they get up like, wow, this is actually really hard to make someone laugh like at the at, at the uh, water cooler at work you know i'm the funniest guy but whenever you're <laughs> in that situation where people are expecting you to cooler. be funny yeah it's really hard i believe that man yeah i've been reading this book uh by jerry seinfeld uh maybe you guys have heard of it. is this anything i've never it's who, uh, by who jerry seinfeld oh, have, yeah, you, have heard, you heard of him before? i've heard of him yeah yeah he had, like a really popular the b movie he's in that yeah he's oh, like the okay. main character of the b movie yeah that's where i've heard of him before that's crazy. Go on though. You've been reading. This <laughs> yeah, book. I've been reading this book, uh, and, and he kind of he, he before the book is com- is like compilate like a compilation of a bunch of jokes mm. or like half baked jokes. I actually don't know much about the book. I'm like a, two chapters in, but uh, the first chapter is kind of setting up like about his journey in comedy mm. as one of the most successful comedians alive today. I would say, and. He talk, there's this quote that I wrote down. He's like, uh, he's talking about 
his comedy experiences. And there's this direct quote I really uh, resonated with. He said, what if I can't? What if I'm not funny? I remember thinking, well, but I wouldn't have to be that funny anyway. I would just have to be funny enough to buy a loaf of Wonder Bread and a jar of Skippy peanut butter a week. I could easily survive on that. And he goes on to say, uh, oh, uh, without realizing it, of course, this attitude is the exact right way to start out in the world of comedy. Expect nothing and accept anything. Hmm. This idea of, I know I'm doing a, a hard shift here, uh, but I wanted to to circle back because you, how many homes do you own? <laughs> hey, man. Uh <laughs> okay, you. <laughs> I just I was gonna try to justify it, but I'm just gonna roll with it. Nah, we own. I live in Muncie. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're real cheap. If you if you want if you want to afford a home, move to Muncie. All right, and we'll we'll help you out. I know a good realtor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, so you own four homes. Uh, I own zero. And how many own? How many I own, own two cats. He, you own two cats. I actually own four cars. I own as many cars as you do houses. That's right, baby. Dang, you have four cars? You really count the, what you would call it as a car. Okay, I have four vehicles. A <laughs> okay. moped isn't a car. Yeah, yeah. it's like he has a moped. I have four <laughs> licensed uh, motor vehicles. Yeah. Nice, I only have one. You pay insurance on Wow, those? man, my life is really amounted to that. I have, you guys have, he has four cars. Or four motorized vehicles. vehicles. Sure. You have two motorized vehicles and four homes. I have one motorized vehicle. But two cats. That's true. I do have two cats. All right. Um, <laughs> but you have like 18 dogs. So We do have 13 dogs. If you'd like to buy one, Glots of Doodles on Facebook. Look us up. Glots of Doodles. I'll put that link in the show notes. Thank you, man. And I hear that you can even have people uh, ship dogs across the country. You don't I need will to get... If, if if you're watching and you're on the West Coast, I will hop on a plane and deliver your dog to you if you'd like one. I mean, why wouldn't you want a dog just wanting to be with you all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but you were talking. So I'm, I'm tying this tapestry. So it's, it seems like I'm out of right uh, left field, but I promise it's all coming together. Okay, so you own four houses. I own four motor vehicles, and you own two cats. So All right, so what I was trying to say to tie back to the Jerry Seinfeld uh, he's talking about <clears throat> he just needs to be funny enough to afford PB&J, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And you own four houses, I own four motor vehicles, and you own two cats. Someone hears that, someone could be really impressed to hear, because we, we've done similar jobs for most of our lives. You could, you could, yeah. you could hear yeah, that. A lot of people hear two cats, and they're like, Damn, that guy's successful. <laughs> yeah, it's. All, I want to be like that guy. Okay, okay, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all relative. Like, mm. if you are just some Joe Schmo and you can't even afford a cat, you're like, wow, that guy has two cats. Like, if he doesn't know about us, he's like, wow, this guy's really doing well in life. He you can, can afford go downtown. Pick up a cat <laughs> but, <laughs> but you got to keep it alive because you got to feed it, right? There's a yeah. lot of money and resources that go into that, right? Okay, for me, you know, I got I do pay insurance on all. Well, I just took my insurance off my moped because we're about to sell it. If you're in Seattle, Washington, looking to buy a moped, check me out. 
Man, where does sell it sell that crazy? <laughs> this is like a lot of advertisements. So like fun. someone would a lot of self promotion here. <laughs> maybe maybe someone only has two cats, that's all they can afford. Like and then they they hear about me like, wow, that guy's really doing well for himself. Yeah. He can afford four motor vehicles. And then People but, often say that about me. Man, you look, <laughs> it really looks like you're doing well for yourself. But then they look at me and Christopher and they're like, wow, two guys the same age. This guy only has four cars. This guy has four houses. Like, wow, that's really impressive. But we've all decided what is our PB&J that we can, Mm -hmm. that we're just trying to get along with. You know, your PB&J is two cats. Mine's four cars. Yours is four houses. Sure. You know, we're all defining our own success. Hmm. And I just wanted to... (laughs) <laughs> just give some perspective for us and for the listeners on on really just chasing your dreams. Mm. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Don't let your dreams be dreams. You know, what is your PB&J? You know, maybe you're trying to, maybe you're an aspiring comedian. Maybe you're an aspiring pastor like my friend Glotzi. Or you're an aspiring cat owner like my friend Jimmy Chuckles. <laughs> but but for, for Kyle, I, I feel like we're really throwing this guy under the bus. No, man, it's great. No, but I feel like one of his aspirations that I feel like he's pretty close to is with coffee. Oh, yeah. You got to promote your coffee, man. Normal Coffee Co. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, time for your your self-promotion. Yeah, my self-promotion. You have a website? In the near future, maybe the far future, Normal Coffee Roasters. I love it, man. Could be happening. But it's not happening yet. Is there an Instagram page people could look at or anything? No, we don't have anything. (laughs) Just Just an idea. That's the most beautiful place. Actually, for it. if you look up on roastworld.com, my uh, normal coffee roasters is on Roastworld, and you can check out my roasts there. That's now, good. you can't try them, you can't see them, but you can see a chart of the temperatures of which my beans once were. Hmm, I like it. Yeah. Uh, but also, something that comes up in that, that quote from Jerry Seinfeld is really how fear can hold us back hmm. from chasing what we want to do. Oh yeah. Oh, you want me to say something? I just really resonate with that. I feel I like that we use the word resonate so much. Um, I really resonate with that. Uh, I oftentimes like, especially like with coffee roasting, since we were talking about it, uh, like sometimes I feel so insecure while I'm doing it because I want to be good. I like really want to be good at doing this. I want to. Like, I, I have, like, a very high bar for, like, what I want this to be. Like, I want this to be impressive. You know, like, if we're just keep linking into this impressiveness, you know, our, our friend Karis, shout out to Karis, um, used to make fun of Mike and me and say, you guys actually like coffee? Like, I never hear you guys say that you like a cup of coffee. And I think it is, like, I have a really high bar. And I think that high bar um, does, like, kind of prevent me from, or at least makes me take pause in that it's like i i want to be good at this i want to make a good product i want to make a product that i'm really proud of like i want to take a you know i want to to brew it up take a sip of it and be like man this is good and uh has it happened yet yeah it has i think people have told me uh that my coffee is good Um, does it keep you from wanting to share it with other people like because you're like insecure like is this good enough to like put my name on it out into the world I think I'm more worried about myself. I, I, cause I think, 
because coffee is like just so very you know like comedy like uh you know even like being a pastor like you know i feel like there's gonna be some people that just don't like you you know like there's gonna be like no matter how hard i try you know like meg is not going to like my coffee that much because she just likes darker so i can recognize that that i'm not gonna like everybody but it's like i really want to be like man what i'm putting out there like i want to have my stamp approval that it's like oh I think this is like a really high quality cup of coffee um, that I'm really proud to serve. And, um, and I think that's just like, what is like, what if I make something and I just am not good at it? What if it doesn't taste good? What if, um, what if nobody ever buys my coffee? That is like, that's like a little bit of a worry, but I think a lot of it is like internal is like, I want to be proud of what I'm doing rather than um, other people. I mean, I think granted, like, people care like if you said like hey this is a good cup of coffee you know i think that means a lot to me you know like i think people that people that are like my friends like i i do think that outside um validation feels good can i ask a question yeah so bringing it back tying it all back to people not being impressed with much anymore do you think that if do you think that we're heading in a good direction like, because if everybody, for me, like, for example, I have such a low, like, expectation for anyone. So I'm just always champion people. Like, you got up today. Like, you're doing awesome. You know, like, great job. Uh, like, I'm so encouraging to people. And so, like, for my wife, you know, when Brittany, when I encourage her, she'll communicate to me, like, you encourage me too much. Like, uh, <laughs> whenever she gets out of bed you say good job honey you got out of bed today yeah like like it sounds like, a little demeaning I, yeah but like i mean it though yeah, you yeah know what you're I mean? trying like, to be encouraged i'm that trying to be encouraged. The meme of like the little girl rubbing the dog's back while he's taking a dump and says nice job poopy <laughs> exactly that's me you know like i'm you're, doing that you're, you're that girl. little girl you're little girl and britney's the pooping dog yeah exactly and, and so I'm asking the question of, like, do you think that people not being impressed by much anymore is actually a good thing? Because we're kind of shifting the tide of, of higher expectation, which hopefully would produce higher and better results. And so we're kind of weeding out the things that aren't good enough. You know, like somebody showing up to a coffee shop without their shirt on for a job application. You know, like maybe that isn't who we're wanting to hire. Like maybe if you come in, the guy's not wearing his shirt. You think, man, this cup of coffee is going to suck. And then whenever you get it, you're like blown away. You're like, whoa, this is great. Yeah, so I'm asking like, do you think that you would rather live in a world and a reality where everyone is encouraging everyone? Or would you rather live in a world where our expectations are high? Because you're communicating, like, I have a really high bar. I have a really high threshold of what I want. What What is it that you're looking for in that? Like, because you're wanting to be validated. But it seems like you're only wanting to be validated by people if that know what they're talking If it's actually good. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what is good? Yeah, good, I mean, is, especially with this, it does feel very subjective. Um, I think, yeah, like with this, it, I think it would mean more to me that I think it is good, um, which probably is probably like not the smartest like business mindset that like, no, you want to appeal to your customers. I do think that if I think it was good, like I do think that would appeal to other people. Um, I do think people 
I think I'm in the coffee world enough that I think people would then enjoy that. So I think that that part of it is like yeah, big stamp of my approval. You did ask the question though of like, do I like where it's going? Um, I thought about sharing this earlier. I was listening to this. Uh, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, and I, I read a lot about sports. And it was just talking about. Um, it, it, it was just talking about Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson's birthday was like a week ago or something. And um, they're just talking about like, would Allen Iverson be really impressive right now? Like growing up, like man, like part of it is, is you know, you you grow up, you realize like, dang, like. I watch Patrick Mahomes. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. It's like, man, I'm I'm six years older than this guy. Does it does it feel weird that like I um, I don't worship him, but like that I like you know I put him so high up on this on this pedestal? It can feel kind of weird whenever you're older and kids. I think there's just so much wonder and awe like in athletes. But then talking about um, just kind of like the rise of like these debate shows on on sports networks and um, LeBron. Uh, I get a lot of this living in Illinois now. I don't like LeBron. I don't really like Jordan that much either. Uh, and and so it's like the only way, you know, it's always like the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? Who's the GOAT? Who's the GOAT? And um, so what it does is, is like we just diminish all their accomplishments. And it's just, are you the best? There's nothing like, there's nothing good of like, man, I just like something that's just good. Like what we have to do is like we have to tear other things down to prop up like what we want. You know, I think I can I can do this personally. Like I, I think I do that all the time. And, and I think social media makes it a lot easier. But I think we I think it spills into our life like maybe less less obviously than it can show up online because online, you know, there's a, um, anonymity. Is that it? Anonymousness? Uh, anonymity, I, I think anonymity. is belief. I think um, that's how you'd say that. That, yeah, like in order to like elevate things, you have to rip other things down. And so maybe that helps us like not not like be in awe and not like watch this kind of, uh, you know, not be impressed by things because it's like, oh, well, it's not as good as this thing. So I'm going to rip this down so I can continue to elevate this. Like that's all people do is that they don't elevate Jordan anymore. They just rip down LeBron to, to show how high you know, Jordan is, or vice versa. But going back to my question, do you think that if everything was good, if everything was great, would that diminish greatness? And I don't like, if we just called everything good and great, is that what you're talking about? Or yeah, like, like, but if we truly believed it, like for me in my reality, I like if I taste your coffee, it's going to be the best coffee I've ever had, because I don't know, I don't, I don't know anything other than good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I but I mean I it. I'm like, dude, this is, like is the, the greatest. I don't know if that, I think that is like the healthiest thing. Sure, but I but, think it's. But I think what we've done as a culture is, is that we tear down greatness to elevate other greatness. Like I don't think I want. Like I just want to be able to say something is great. Like have that opinion, and then you know not be ripped for it, and not you know. And I think I want to. Do, I would like to do that same thing to other people, and I think that's where I think our culture goes more. So isn't that like there's not enough great things, or we don't have this mindset? Is is that we tear down greatness to elevate other greatness. Yeah. It's good, man. I, I don't know. Like I, I hope for you that you just think everything is great. Um, yeah. That's just how I live my life. I like it. I yeah. like that about me. Yeah. I like, I like that. that about you too. Yeah. But it is hard. Like I, I think the thing that I'm trying to get better at is to be more critical of people and critical yeah. of situations and circumstances. It's just hard for me. Um, 
but I like the way that I am. You just let everybody get that participation trophy. That's right, man. I like to exhort people, man. Everybody's a winner. That's good. Yeah, we're all just trying. We're just all trying. We're We're just just trying to live, laugh, or love. That's right, man. Maybe all of the above. That's good. That's what we're just trying to do. So this actually, what what you were saying, Chuck, brought me back to this this quote from Jerry Seinfeld. Because in the middle of that quote, he's talking about this. uh, He just wanted to be funny enough to survive on PB and J, right? Yeah. Cause he said, uh, it was all, it was all he ate in his parents' house anyway. And even if that's all he had, it would be a better life than any other life he could imagine. I was more ha- more than happy to accept being a, not that funny comedian over any other conceivable option. So would, would you, uh, it's like, a, would you rather be a, a not that good coffee roaster over like this is what I was thinking about like a, a not that great coffee roaster over any other like what is your thing that you are like this is the thing I don't care if I if I don't have four houses and I only have two cats as long as I'm doing this right, it's just, nothing personal I'm just you know it's all hyperbolic guys they're great cats they are the best cats ever <laughs> they're the greatest cats they are great cats pie and pig but like that's, I think that's. Uh, there's so much freedom, and whenever you where where you know where your lane is, that you could say, uh, maybe you you are pursuing greatness, or maybe you know, um, you you do want to be the best. But at the very end of the day, it's like, at least I'm doing the thing I was created to do. Yeah. I'm in my lane, and I have freedom there. Maybe I got four houses. Maybe I got four motor vehicles. Maybe I just got two cats. But at least I, 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 I have that, that freedom. Yeah. yeah, I would like to say that I'm struggling, but I do it. That I do want, like, yeah. I think that's what I was saying is, is that it brings out a lot of insecurity that, like, I think it can hold me back. I think I want to be okay with being a mediocre or just an average. Average sounds better than mediocre. I think they're both the same thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would love to be, uh, I not love to be, but like, I want to be all right with being just an average coffee roaster. Cause I do find a lot of joy in learning about it and doing it. I do think that like wanting to be great, um, can bring insecurity into my life. Yeah. Right. I'm, I definitely relate to that, uh, in, <clears throat> in comedy in pursuing comedy. Maybe Christopher, uh, you want to be the greatest pastor. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the greatest magician, pastor. I, I, you got you guys know me, so maybe you won't believe me when when I say this. I I try to be uh, the best that I can be, but like the aspiration of being the greatest, it just doesn't appeal to me. You know, I think I, I think I resonate with a, a lot of what you were communicating. We're at five, by the way, we got to hit seven. Is that? Um, I want to be able to be okay with who I am and how I was created and, and what I'm gifted in. And I want to lean into that, but being the greatest, I don't know, like, yeah, I just, I don't have an aspiration to do that. So I'm just doing the things that I enjoy. I enjoy looking at homes and buying homes. It just happens to be that that was a really good investment. I had no idea when I got into that. I didn't know that it was going to be a good investment. I had no idea, but I enjoy doing it and I enjoy you know, Muncie is notorious for not being a great place to live. I enjoy buying crummy homes, fixing them up, 
and allowing people to live there and enjoy life, you know, to live, laugh, and love. And I enjoy creating spaces and places to do that. And so the the quest to be the greatest, I, I don't know. I don't know about all that. So being the greatest pastor, I don't even know what that, that looks like. I've seen a lot <laughs> I don't, of... I don't think that you're on the quest to be the greatest yeah, yeah, pastor. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, yeah. So I just think, yeah, I'm just trying to be the best that I can be. And, and I you're trying to encourage enough. people in their own greatness yeah. or their own goodness. Well, to in, engage in, I've been thinking about this word tov, you know, to engage which is is a what, word what is for that? Oops, sorry. It's, it's word. a Hebrew, Hebrew word for good <laughs> for word? goodness tov t o v and yeah. for people just to engage in that to like be in cultures of goodness and so yeah i think i want to encourage people because i, I don't know that's just what i'm good at i'm in good i'm good at encouraging people and i'm leaning into that so you're the greatest no greatest i don't think i'm the greatest encourager okay. i think i'm pretty good at encouraging people and i enjoy doing it but, but i think i mean the example that I used earlier today with Brittany, it's really hard for her to just be continuously encouraged, you know? So I get that, you know, it's hard. hard. Yeah. Would you like to take a moment to encourage Kyle and I? Sure. Of course. I mean, I really, Kyle, one thing that I've even noticed here in this conversation that we're having together is just, uh, your vulnerability, man. And your willingness to be able to communicate like, Oh man, like life is hard. Or, you know, these are the things that I've been thinking about and going through. And I appreciate that. Like, that's really hard to see in people. Uh, and, and I think when communities are having real conversations, there's deeper intimacy. And so I appreciate uh, just our connection that we get to have and the, the times that we get to spend together because we have real authentic conversations. And I appreciate that about you, man. And you're just a lot of fun to be around. I like we were just hanging out and Kyle was like, I'm just going to go take a nap. And he went and took a nap. And very uh, I like that. That was just that funny. Fun. Yeah, that was just fun. I like that. Yeah, I got like three and a half hours of sleep last night. Yeah, so sorry, man. Dogs are a little These dogs, man. We got 13 puppies here. So, well, Mike, I just appreciate you for trying, man. I, I, I'm in, just trying. Yeah, I, I love just that. trying to be a comedian. Um, I, I just think that you are, uh, <laughs> I don't know how this is the, the, the thing that came to my mind first is that you are a jack of all trades and a master of none. And uh, you're just trying in a lot of areas of your life. <laughs> and that is payback for Kyle for dogging on him this whole time. Okay. And so you're good at nothing. I'll receive that. He's trying to work out being more critical. Yeah, <laughs> I'll receive that. I love you, man. Jack of all trades, a master of none. Yeah. Uh, you're Maybe. definitely a master of some. Yeah, you're a master of sun. I didn't mean to say none. Oh, okay. I was just trying to help yeah, Kyle because we've been dogging on him. A I got you. Yeah, That's yeah. And I like. I do think that you. You. I just like. One, thank you, Chris. I, I yeah, of course, man. Um, but yeah, it's like I. That's where I think more so that I was even going with like the sports debate is that I think we have this unhealthy approach to what is great. Yeah. But I don't think that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for greatness. Sure. Maybe just not to be the greatest. Like, I have no... Realistically, like, you know, I have no no real chance of being the greatest roaster. Sure. You know, uh, you know um, the greatest pastor. What does that mean? You know, uh, the greatest comedian is... Definitely seems... A little far-fetched at this point. <laughs> a little far-fetched, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what does it still be like? What does it mean to be great? And I think yeah, what does it just mean to like 
man, I'm really proud of like what I did. I'm really mm-hmm. proud of that. And, uh, and I think that's what I want. And I think that's what we all want is like, you know, I think we want our friends to be proud of us, but I think, you know, I think we want the Lord to be proud of us. And I think we, um, want to be proud of like the work that we do. So that's good. Man. That's a good word, man. I really, I really appreciate, um, your guys' perspective on greatness. I didn't know where we were going to go, but it was a fun conversation. The goat. The goat. Um, yeah, this was really not where I thought we were going today. But, yeah. I lo- but it's great. We got these mowers going now. Uh, it's just that time, man. It's that time of day, that, that 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon. You got to get mowing the lawn. Amen. It's they just got done with somewhere. their naps, and now they're mowing. Except in, uh, uh, what's that place that's on the 30? doesn't matter. Oh yeah, there's a there's a there's a time zone. Dubai Dubai is like 30 minutes or something behind us or something. Yeah, or somewhere. Yeah, they're out doing their own thing, man. Just trying. Uh, I I told a friend that I was gonna have you on the the podcast, Christopher, and they requested that that you share uh, the story of the worst day of your life. Yeah. You want me to do that now? Yeah, that'd be great. I think uh, we we would love to hear. Yeah, I mean. I love that this is entertaining. You know, the worst day of my life is entertainment for everyone. Yeah, that's uh, right. It makes me it, feel good. Yeah, that's that's a big, that's you a big uh, one. One of the lines that I've uh, learned the most from is this comedian teacher Judy Carter. She wrote the the book. Uh, she wrote the Bible the on Bible. comedy, the New Comedy Bible. She has the Old Testament and the New Testament of comedy. Is Judy, that okay? What is that kind of like blasphemous or something? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a joke. Oh, I see. Joking about it's, God. Yeah. yeah well, cool. it's a, a joke about the Word of God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, God Funny. is not the Bible, but... Sure. He, but he's in it. But he's in it. Yeah. Except the book of Esther. He's not there. I'm it's just true. kidding. It's just harder to find him. Anyways, she, what she said is <laughs> that, uh, uh, you know, one of her, like, big things is, like, turn turn your problems into punchlines. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's why you're, you're the worst day of your life is so funny. You're turning your problems into punchlines. Every day is a Friday. Shout out Joel Steen. Um, so yeah. Every day of Friday. Hey man. Um, uh, yeah. So when I was turning 21, right. It takes me back to freaking glacier. Chris is just waking up at six in the morning. Oh five, yeah, playing, do you remember uh, that we were I'm staying getting, the night I'm in Glacier? You were throwing the baked beans cans <laughs> against the tree, trying to open it, <laughs> and you were beating it with a rock. And then we went to sleep, and you woke up, and we all you woke us up to playing a Joel Osteen sermon. <laughs> I don't remember that, but and that then, sounds like me. Then you ate raw coffee beans because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to wait for us to brew the cup. Yeah crazy you've grown a lot since you've turned 21 thanks man yeah speaking of 21 so a few months before i turned 21 i I got a call from a childhood friend one of my best friends actually and i knew that he had just gotten engaged and so i i assumed that he was going to be asking me to be a part of his wedding party and so he calls me and he says hey man how's it going we're catching up hey you know casey and i just got engaged i was wondering if you wanted to be a part of our big day and, you know, I'm honored. You know, I'm like, this is a childhood friend of mine. Of course, I would I would be honored to be a part of your day. And, and I said, yeah, man, I'd love to. What, what are you thinking? You know, of course, he's going to ask me to be a, a groomsman. 
maybe even a best man. I don't know. And he says, hey, I know that you and your family kind of help at the church a lot, and you guys are good cooks. Would you want to cater our wedding? <laughs> and so, you know, of course, you know, how can, I'm a two, you know, on the Enneagram, and so how can I tell this guy no on his big day? So he says, yeah, man, we'd be honored to. Let me just double check with my parents to see if that's something that we could do. And so I get back with him, and we agree. I didn't well, know you were a good cook. Yeah, of course. I, I'm cooking, man. Look at him smoking some meat. You know, everything's yeah. going on. So anyway, uh, I find out later that his wedding is on my 21st birthday. And I'm like thinking, okay, well, at least there's going to be an open bar. There's going to be alcohol at this wedding, at least, you know. Um, <laughs> no shot, man. I grew up Baptist. Guys, Baptist, we don't do alcohol, you know. Yeah. And so – we're catering for this wedding on my 21st birthday and it's just sad you know like i'm sad i'm like thinking that my 21st birthday would be different and i'm celebrating a guy who's falling in love getting married to the love of his life i'm single you know i'm really insecure just went through a bad breakup so i'm just sad you know and and so anytime that i would walk into the kitchen to help my parents with the catering stuff they'd be like hey just go out and enjoy the wedding you know we want we don't want you to be distracted so I went out and I was just sad by myself because the only people that I wanted to hang out with was my parents. And so I'm just sad. You know, I, I can't do anything. I can't help. I'm just here. I just exist. And so after the wedding, we go home and I'm sitting in my parents' living room and I'm just sad. And, and my mom is like, happy birthday. You know, she's a, a lot like me and trying to encourage people. How was today? You know, like this was 21st birthday, big 21. And I'm like, today sucked. She's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? So we're unpacking that, and a few people had been texting me, and actually a, a few of my pastors when I was in college had texted me. I was a part of a campus ministry, and this might get them in trouble. I don't know, but I'm, I, this is a story, okay? And, uh, and so they're texting me, and they're like, how's your day, man? And, and I'm just being authentic. You know, I'm being who I am, and I'm like, man, today sucked. And they're like, well, how about when you get back up to Muncie, we'll teach you how to drink your problems away. You know, you're old enough now. <laughs> they're obviously making a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And so anyway, I'm laughing about that. And, of course, I've been a little sad. And so my mom's asking me, like, why are you laughing? You know, it's so funny. And I was like, oh, nothing. You know, nothing. She's like, well, something obviously is funny. And she just wouldn't let it go. And she kept digging, digging, digging. And so I said, okay, mom, uh, a few of the pastors of the church were telling me that they're going to teach me how to drink my problems away. And she didn't think it was a joke. Okay. She thought it was very serious. And she said, well, why would your pastors joke about that? You know, alcoholism is, is rampant in this country. Like, why would they joke about that? The, mm -hmm. These pastors who are mentoring you, why are they making light of alcoholism? And so we went into this big old deal. And me being a 21-year-old man, you know, you've mentioned that I've grown a little bit since I've turned 21. I became very defensive. And I felt like it was my job to defend these two men. And so I said, you know what, Mom? I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of, out of getting drunk. I was like, don't you and Dad drink every once in a while? Don't you and Dad have hidden bottles of wine down in the refrigerator? You didn't think I knew about them? And so she, you know, I'm getting defensive. Now she's getting defensive. And now it's like we're scaling up, you know, like everything's getting a little bit more heightened. And she says, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we do. You know, me and your father, we drink the occasional glass of wine. You know why? Because it. <laughs> and now it's getting weird. You know, at this point, it's getting weird. 
And I think she realizes that it got weird, and she gets up, and, and she's embarrassed, of course, and she goes into her room. So she's not going to listen to this podcast. I hope not. Because <laughs> I didn't ask for her permission before I shared this story. She might be a little more embarrassed. So... <laughs> To Mike's 15 viewers. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, dig, dig, dig. <laughs> two cats, baby. Um, that's for the two cats. So anyway, we, it's just this weird tension now, okay? The, the tension is palpable. And um, I'm getting ready. I'm getting all my stuff ready because I was going to school at Ball State at the time. We're living in Louisville, Kentucky. And so I'm getting all my stuff. I got my car packed up. And I'm about to walk out of the back door, and my dad is sitting by the back door, uh, a lot like you are sitting right now, uh, leaned over, you know, he's just waiting for me, just waiting. And uh, he says, you better not leave without telling your mother goodbye. I said, Dad, of course. Why would I leave without telling Mom goodbye? So I, I turned around, and I walked into the room. There's no exaggeration. My mom is sitting on the bed in the fetal position, crying, rocking back and forth on the bed. <laughs> Not funny, man. My, my mom's having a hard time. Rocking back and forth. And I go up and, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a huge thing. And, and I put my arm on her and I kind of rub her back. It's kind of going back to the dog taking a dump while you're encouraging her. I said, Mom, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that it happened this way, uh, but I'm going back to school. I love you. I'll see you soon. And she looks up at me. I mean, she, she, her countenance was so bad, and she looks up at me, and she's crying. And she says, I'm sorry that your father and I just weren't good enough for you on your 21st birthday. I'm sorry that today sucked. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty witty. And so I look at her. I said, Mom, you know, today was great good you know it wasn't it wasn't terrible <laughs> there were a lot of worse ways to spend your 21st birthday celebrating somebody else falling in love and uh, i said you know it, just, it wasn't really about that i just i felt sad because anytime that i wanted to go into the kitchen to help you and dad with the wedding food you told me to get out and i didn't know that my dad was right behind me and we talked a little bit that i would share the story and and so he uses some explicitives explicitives <laughs> Uh, what is that word? Expletives. Expletives. There we go. I'm from Kentucky. You know, I'm just trying to English. And um, and so he starts cursing up a storm. That's bull crap. Get the heck out of my house. Get the heck out of my house. And he's just screaming at me. And and I'm not a fighter. You know, like, that might be surprising to you, but I, I'm very <laughs> passive. Yeah. Especially when things get like hype especially on the basketball court. especially on the basketball court so i just instantly burst into tears i'm like what i'm crying i'm like this is terrible i just got kicked out of my parents house he's cussing at me yelling at me so i just walk out you know and so i'm walking out of the house and i know this is going to sound contradictory uh there's a there's a threshold to everything there's a point to everything so i'm walking out to my car my dad runs in front of me and is standing in front of my car door i can't get into the car and he looks at me, and I look at him. And I just said that I'm not a fighter, but in this moment, I looked him in the eye. I just wanted to stir the pot because this is getting crazy. <laughs> and I look him in the eye, and I look at him straight, like stone cold. And I say, don't you do anything you're going to regret. <laughs> I said that to my father. <laughs> and he goes off. He goes ballistic. He's screaming at me. And then I go back to crying. You know, and my mom's pulling him back. She runs out of the house. William, William, just, no, just let him go. Just let him go. 
And so she pulls my dad away from the car, and I get in, and I'm just crying. I can barely see. And I put my car in reverse, and I, and I step on the gas just ever so slightly. And I hear a thump, thump. I didn't know what I hit. And I don't look down into the driveway. I look at my parents. And my, both of my parents, their faces are just distraught. They're like, what just happened? My mom and dad, their faces are just wide open, mouth wide open. My mom just starts screaming, hyperventilating. And I didn't know what happened. And I look down in our driveway, and our family dog, Buford, <laughs> is laying still. I just ran over him twice. And I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to do. I panic. So I throw the car into drive, and I peel out of our driveway. And I get down the road, and I'm going so fast. And I don't even get a mile away from the house. My mom is calling me. And so I pick up, and, and she's screaming. She's hyperventilating. <gasps> and so I'm, 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 I'm on edge now. You know, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm like wanted for murder. You know, like these parents, my parents just kicked me out of the house, and then I just kill, killed our family dog. And so I start screaming at my mom. And I'm like, what do you want me to do, Mom? I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be able to lay hands on this dog and bring him back to life. You know, I'm like yelling at my mom about this. And she's like, you killed Buford. That's what she screams. And I didn't know what to do, so I hung up on my mom. I hung up on her, and I just kept driving. There's nothing I can do. I mean, this situation is just getting out of control. And luckily... You know, luckily for us, luckily for my family, luckily for Buford, he didn't die, okay? He, and my parents, you know, we're from the hills of Kentucky. You know, we didn't grow up making a lot of money. So my parents didn't take him to the vet. They just kind of, like, helped nurture him back to life. And so he ended up living four years after he got ran over by my car, and he could never run straight. He could only run like a crab. This is no exaggeration. So you'd, you'd come home, you know, after my parents and I were fine now. We made amends. I've been in counseling ever since, and um, it's totally good. Um, but anytime you'd come home, you'd be like, Buford, and he'd, like, run, but he'd run like a crab toward you. He'd, like, have to, like, like one of those circle around. That can, like, park yeah, themselves. Like yeah, sideways, like the Hummers. Yeah, like the crab Hummers. He'd do exactly that. And so Buford ended up being okay. You know, like, what is great? You know, like he was yeah, good was enough. Great. He was just operating great, under him. Yeah, I'm proud of him. I would <laughs> tell him every day. I'd you got up today. Back. Yeah, you got up today, Buford. Yeah, so that's the Buford story. <laughs> How did he get upstairs? Did he just kind of like run into the wall? We had you have to him. pick him up. And no, then we'd, he have resets? Him up. Okay. we'd have to pick him up. We'd have to pick him up. He never made it upstairs, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's my Buford story, man. Sad. It was a sad day. I probably didn't talk to my parents for a couple months, two or three months. So. But everything's good now. What is good? Yeah, what is good? <laughs> I mean, it goes back to the very beginning. I mean, yeah, we're fine. My mom, you know, I love you, mom. If you're watching this, you know I do. But she'll bring up passive-aggressive comments like, remember when you ran over Buford? I don't know how passive-aggressive that is, actually. That's pretty aggressive. Yeah. But she'll be like, I can't believe <laughs> Or does she think of it as funny now? You would think. You know, because I think it's funny. There's it's still funny. time. Yeah, th I'm hoping for that, man. I'm hoping. <laughs> But, no, she, does, she doesn't think it's funny at all. I mean, because she just had to clean up pee all the time. You know, he couldn't hold his bladder. He couldn't walk. I mean, for four years, you know. That's hard. It's a hard way to live. Kyle, what, what made you more uncomfortable 
uh, thinking about this story being recorded or watching the moment of truth last night, the episode with that. You that gotta lady. link that in the description, man. That's, that's a good pretty point. Good. Uh, that's a good question. Good point. Uh. Last night was pretty uncomfortable, yeah, especially watching with our wives. Do you believe that it's true? I I don't. You don't think that that episode was true? I'll put the link to the in the show notes of that episode, and he gives a warning, but I'll give a warning. It's very uncomfortable. Wow. The very first thing that that guy does is give his wife a hug. Oh, after I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when you watch the interview with Mark Wahlberg, who is a host of the TV show, not the Wahlberg. Not Marky. Not, yeah, Mark, not, not, not Marky Mark, Mark in the Funky Not bunch. Marky Mark. The other Mark Wahlberg. He says that um, backstage, he was like, this family is so dysfunctional. And backstage, after they recorded everything, they were taking like group photos with Mark Wahlberg, the ex-boyfriend, the husband, and the wife. So the four of them were taking photos together and posting them on social media. He was like, this family doesn't get it. They don't understand. Because what had happened was she had cheated on her husband with her ex-boyfriend. She confessed that she was she would rather be married to her ex-boyfriend than her current husband. In the show, that's like... for well, people. we don't who, know that she cheated on him with the ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it could have been somebody oh, else. Oh, it could have been somebody else. She yeah. cheated on her husband with somebody else, and she confessed... That she would, she was in love with an ex-boyfriend the day that she got married, and that she would rather be with the that ex-boyfriend <laughs> yeah. than her current husband. In all on television, live supposedly television, yeah. live television yeah. in front of her family and her her husband. And I think the craziest thing about that whole moment of truth episode is that her ex-boyfriend and her husband shared the same name, Frank. Yeah, they're both Frank. What do you think the possibility are that they're from Kentucky? Pretty high, man. I mean, there's just a lot of dysfunction in Kentucky, man. I don't know what it is. The moonshine, maybe. I don't know. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats, baby. Uh, is there anything? This has been just such. This has probably been the most interesting episode I've ever had of just trying. Is that true? Uh, to me. Okay. Yeah, it's all relative. Just like it's interesting in the fact of like I had an idea of where it would go and uh, it went somewhere completely different. I'm okay. I'm cool with it. I you like have it. content for another episode. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. I think just to get a, a quick recap, we should uh, install a draft into the Olympics of average Joes just to show how impressive it is. Like, well, they have crazy. a show like that, right? Like Shaq runs it, right? Oh, there's a show that exists. No. It's already Something been like invented. That, that Shaq, Shaq hosts it, and it's like it's like professional athletes going up against just average people and just smoking. Them. Really? Oh, a similar concept, but it's not the Olympics. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's similar stuff. But I think Shaq sure. runs it. Or oh, Shaq. I never knew about but that. But I think it would make the, because the Olympic viewership is actually going down. I think how they oh, improve it is that we do a draft and like maybe your country gets selected and then everybody applies and then we like do like a like a lottery draft and like you get drawn. And if you end up place or it, and if you, if it's like, if you end up not coming in last, you win a million dollars. Like all you have to do yeah, is you get not come in last. Yeah, you hey, get you get a train. You get a train for like six months or something. They yeah, pay yeah. you, and yeah. that'd be cool. And it's just like an average Joe, and then they get they get so many months to train, and if they come in not last, they gain a million dollars. And it'd be cool. Or they win a million dollars. They could make like a Disney movie out of it or something. You know? Yeah, but you're I mean, the only average Joe in it. 
you're the only like in each in each category. Each category has an average doe or bro in it. What if there were two though? So then, you, because like I think that there because would be there's people, no way. I just don't yeah. believe that anybody. Nobody just traded try. even tr- traded for six months unless you were doing something like. You gotta have two. Yeah, I we I, have two. Yeah, because then you're like, because then people could place bets on them. You know, like who's gonna win, like Argentina oh, uh-huh. or Brazil? Because yeah. I, yeah, I think given six months training, like there's no short of like if it's truly just a draft, yeah, people or have just like a random draw. Like you're not you're not getting somebody that can actually compete with. Well, it's it's gonna be like in like this age, like you can't do it when you're forty. Or maybe you yeah, could do it. I just don't, I think like even as like moment. even like just average eighteen year olds, like yeah. I don't think like uh, to watch it, it have to be like realistic that somebody could get a million dollars. Yeah, I just think it's I think it's just so unrealistic. That what do you think? It's more likely that that average Joe would not come in last, or a sixteen seed beating a number one seed in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Oh, definitely sixteen seed. Way more likely. I don't. I don't think an average Joe could. Yeah, I think that I think that this is part of the problem. That like you think that an average Joe would be able to beat. I mean, (laughs) that's why that's the. I'm not impressed. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, touche. And I want to. It'd be it'd be more so like let's have like a like leading up to the Olympics. Let's have a mixture of these like hey let's bring in some scrubs. Let's bring in some some not scrubs mm-hmm. and let's bring in the, you know, let's bring in these Olympians or let's even bring in past Olympians and let's have them go up against them That'd be and cool. do it or something like that. Because yeah, you know, like DK Metcalf, you know, fat, what fastest or one of the, probably the second fastest wide receiver in the NFL, you know, trains for a while is trying to make the Olympics and, you know, runs like a 10, 10 one. And that that's the fastest man in the NFL. But the second fastest man in the NFL, and he wouldn't even sniff the Olympics. Yep. Like he couldn't even like, smell it, dude. Like he'd be able, like he wouldn't place last in the Olympics, but he wouldn't even place in the top eight. And uh, and he's a freak athlete. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like, I do agree that like, like that maybe we don't like recognize greatness or whatnot. You know, I definitely agree with those things. But yeah, I, I just don't think that an average person could get even close. You know. And I think that it would be cool going back to this thing because I'd, I don't want to get persecuted for this, but I said that there could be like a cool Milan moment. So you get your grandfather picked out of the uh, the <laughs> lottery. You could then. I used to want to start like the Hunger Games. Be like, like, hey, actually, I want to go and tribute I volunteer my grandfather. To, yeah. I volunteer to so go you to just, my grandfather. And then we like murder them or something. Uh, yeah, we could kill them at the end. That would be cool. <laughs> It's like a what? cross between like Squid Games and, and the Hunger that Games. Is like that's what that's what yeah, Chris is wanting to start. You don't have to right. kill him, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, Kyle we is about to go take his third nap of the day. Uh, we just wondered: is there anything that you wished I would have asked you? It's hmm. a really good question. Like how my day is going? You just never. <laughs> yeah, I just been ripping. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry. How do you feel about all that, Kyle? What? Mike never asked me how my No, like, been. I feel like he was kind of harsh with you, like kind of oh, ripping on you a little no. bit. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm great with it. Okay. Yeah, I love my cats. They're great. I love your cats too, man. And I'm seeing a counselor anyways about how maybe my life hasn't turned out exactly the way that I would have hoped it, that, it, that it has. And uh, 
So we're all good. That's a great segue into this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> BetterHelp does not sponsor this podcast. We've talked I, about I, counseling I like, so much. I didn't, well, I didn't even know what BetterHelp was, so I was like, I didn't you know. So well, like, it's like this really cool thing that you I can like. I was like, I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, BetterHelp, it's like this online counseling service. You can like craft, like you can get like a, it's like easy to get into counseling and it's like pretty affordable, I guess. Uh, BetterHelp, if you want, to, I mean, you know, if you want put to the sponsor link this, in the description. yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, uh, you can get twenty percent oh, off your first five visits to BetterHelp. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Mental health is cool. This is just mental health is cool. That's just a joke, folks. Uh, there's no promo codes for that yet. Uh, but uh, any anything else, I, Kyle? How was your day? Oh, it was yeah, it was decent. I slept terribly, but my nap was good. Yeah, I feel like that has been the – and I'm okay with that. You know, like I'm okay with that. But I feel like that has been the word of this visit. This visit to Muncie has been Dees. Yeah, decent. Everything's just decent. We had pizza, Dees. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I'm hoping this meat is good, though. (laughs) What? Which one? The The smoked meat? Yeah, we're we're smoking some Oh, those tacos last night were good. The tacos last night were Dees. Dees. No, they were good. Thank you. The tour – us trying to prank people by showing up at their house at 9.30. That was really decent. funny. That was funny. Decent. No, nah, today's just been decent. Mike messed the coffee up. Yeah. We had to put the grill together. I took eight naps. <laughs> uh, our wives I've had fun. God knows what. I've, I've had, had a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, I've had fun. I don't know what I was going to I had a thought. I had a thought. I had a question. But... um. Yeah, I just I just forgot. I'm sorry, man. It was All actually right. going to be a really good point. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sitting through. I mean, enjoying this. Uh, enjoying. Thank you so much for enjoying. Uh, thank you so much for just like that one time when I was doing communion and yeah, I just yeah. kept saying, "If, you're, if you are not a Christian, you don't, you can't." Take I just get stuck on repeat sometimes. You ever just get stuck in your own loop? Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate. It. We couldn't do uh, with what we, we we do here with just trying to podcast without listeners like you especially supporters of the podcast mm. uh thank you so much to this week's supporter of the podcast janelle becker here's a word oh, from Pajani herself my name is jb and i love mike i just want to say that he is the wrecking ball of seattle because he'd be hitting them cars he loves the chiefs while wearing briefs he's a beggar after marrying megger his car is a beater, but that potty a feature. Mullet so bad, barbers think it's a joke. Stash so dirty, it scares the birdies. His bench is a joke because he ain't lifting those Washingtons. His podcast is the bomb because he be bombing shows. Someone tell him to listen to Shia LaBeouf and just do it. Stop trying. Y'all, Mike's potty saved my dog's life. Donate some money so Mike can feed some kids. Moving, moving words, Pajani. Thank you so much for being a supporter of the podcast. Again, if you'd like to do that, you can check in the link in the show notes or go on to Spotify or the website, Mike Tony Heath slash podcast. Do you think that your voice has sounded worse since you became a Chiefs fan because of uh, Patrick Mahomes? Hey, I, I can't <laughs> even do his thing. Hey, you think that's a, a, like a shtick? Or do you think that's actually his voice? That is definitely his voice. I don't because know. I feel like what does he, he have was... to gain by making that his stick? What? What? Is, what does he have to gain? We, we're talking about him, right? I mean, that—that's what he, he becomes re- more. That's valuable. what he has to gain. He becomes more relevant. 
Yeah, you don't think his game makes him more relevant? That helps. But that I don't think helps. that we would be talking about him right now <laughs> if it was just related to football. So now more people are talking about Patrick Mahomes because of, because of his voice. The only reason people talk about Patrick Mahomes is because of his know, voice, not, not because of his talent. No, no, no. I'm not saying <laughs> no, that, but now he has two. His particular conversation yeah, exactly. about Patrick Mahomes would not exist without his voice. And so, therefore, that is quantifying how it is making him yeah. relevant. Uh, let's play some football. <laughs> that was perfect. Ten out of ten, baby. I love, I love what you're cooking up. Uh, we're just gonna cut this section. We're gonna drop this right in the middle of the episode. Uh, so it'll be, be weird. It'll be right after the the supporter highlight, uh, where I highlight a supporter of the podcast. We're gonna just drop that in, and then we're gonna keep going after. Oh, I thought you were gonna highlight one of your supporters. Oh, not one of my like ministry yeah. partners. No, no. Yeah. no, I should do that. Uh, you're you're welcome to support me in both ways. Uh, Shout out to Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, Tommy boy. Uh, if Tom listened to this, I would. That'd be awesome. That'd, have, you, it, have you told him about it? I haven't told him. I need. To, I'll tell him this week about just trying to podcast. Love it. Uh, but I'm gonna do my. You've intro. really never told this man about your podcast. Actually, I have. Yeah. Okay. I would have been absolutely blown away that you have not. That you would not. I feel like you tell everybody that you're podcasting. Uh, that's what podcasters do. Just trying to. Just trying to podcast. Um, oh yeah, there's a dot com. MikeTonyHeat.com slash podcast. Oh, okay. No shot. Yeah. Would, look it up. No, I think the dot com goes very last. Like Mike Tony Heath backslash podcast dot com. The link will be in the show notes. We're not sure how it goes, uh, but I do have a show coming up July twelfth at Laughs Comedy Club. This is my not my first, not my second, but my third number audition number three. Wow! Shout uh, out to uh, what's his face. Shout out to Sarish. Yeah, Sarish. Sarish Nama. Uh, you can check him at Laughs Comedy Club as well. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. The funniest Indian guy I know. Whoa. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, no, that's cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I wasn't saying. He's either. great. Yeah. I He's my it. favorite Indian comedian. What well, about your then, favorite uh, comedian? Oh, I don't know. All right. What's yeah, a, July twelfth. What's but, uh, Tom? Tom Haverford. Oh, Tom Haverford. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Yeah, not. But I like Sarish more than Tom. Okay. This has been great. Uh, I feel like this took a turn. Took a turn, baby. Uh, July twelfth. That's a Wednesday at Laughs Comedy Club. Link in the show notes or the link in any of the bios on my Instagram. I like the people that aren't going to see what that noise was. They're just going to hear that clapping of skin. Uh, and. Uh, this has been fun. I was spanking Chris. As always, my friends, stay funny and stay weird. Peace. Great shot.